welcome back to Wrestling News Central. And Raceland, I have to say, it, it feels really good to be back with you and uh, be able to talk some wrestling nonsense after it seems like forever with everything going on in the world today. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we really didn't have any means of, of recording. Um, circumstances happened, some things happened, and uh, we couldn't record for a little while. So uh, it, it's nice to get back to, to do what we were able to do before. Yeah, and, and right now, I mean, obviously, with everything going on, we kind of have to makeshift ways to record. Um, we're trying out different outlets at the moment, uh, just seeing what will work best going forward. So hopefully, uh, until we can perfect the the system here, Raceland, uh, it will cooperate with us. Yeah, hopefully it will. Uh, we're trying Zoom this week, and we'll see how it goes. If it works well, we'll keep running with it. If not, we'll find another way to do it. Right, that's the name of the game right there. But um, one thing that hasn't that has changed dramatically, but yet not at all, has been the wrestling business, Raceland. As you know, it's been really weird seeing wrestling events without any audience. I mean, I don't think it's ever happened in my lifetime, and I'm or your life, and we're the same age, obviously, but is this something that you've ever thought you would ever see in your life? Probably not, no. No, because you can never really predict something like this. Um, I mean, nobody, if you would have told me five years ago that there's going to be wrestling without fans, I'd have thought, A, you were joking, or B, you're talking about an indie show where nobody shows up. And we've been to one of those. <laughs> We have been, and there were plenty of people there. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, even in the low-rated indie show, I mean, you still have somebody in the audience. I mean, one person's better than nothing, as we're learning the hard way in these difficult times that we're facing. But I mean, well, I mean, obviously, we'll talk about everything going forward later. But on a scale of about one through five, make it easy. How well do you think all wrestling shows are handling it, whether it be Ring of Honor or? Impact or AEW, WWE. I mean, how well do you think they're handling the no audience situation? I haven't seen much on AE or on uh, ROH Ring of Honor. Um, AEW's handling it really well. They they're doing what I would have done in this situation, and they're having wrestlers as the audience. And that that's what I really like to see because there's still some people there to not only help the storyline a little bit to give it a little bit of life. Mm -hmm. um, but just to see the interactions between the wrestlers is is really well. Um, WWE they're handling it fairly well. Um, I mean they're keeping everything pretty close knit, especially with the uh, being at the performance center and being a small area. Yeah, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, haven't seen much on New Japan. I know that they've just canceled a lot of shows over the past few months. So uh, yeah, but it, it's not. From what I've seen, it's, they're doing all right. Yeah. They're doing better than probably what I thought they would at this point. Honestly, I, I figured that they would have been shut down like every other sport. Yeah. But I, they are deemed essential, apparently, and so they're, they're just going to keep rolling with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's a debate for another day is how in the world did a wrestling company get deemed uh, essential? But, I mean... I'm not complaining about it because thing without wrestling, I mean, there would literally be nothing on TV. I mean, there's no new content on any channel. So, I mean, I mean, we're in a society to where I mean, look at the NFL draft this past year, over 15 million viewers. I mean, look at the schedule release. I mean, the for an NFL schedule release, it turned out really well. That just shows like how I I think desperate's the word. No, 
well, it's how starved people are for sports. Yeah, and and like, I, I, I don't I don't know about you, but I've I've watched a little bit of Korean baseball because I'm that starved for sports. Yeah, I mean it's I mean I, I don't know I'm just glad that wrestling's still going on because it gives us something normal. I mean as normal as it can get right now. Um, and even if the, they're the worst shows possible, like match wise or anything, like it's hard to critique them and judge them because at least they're giving an effort and giving the best they they can work with in these times. And I think that's what I think all people, all wrestling fans, should think about before they go on the on Twitter and start reaming these matches and ripping the the booking because, I mean, they're trying their best. I mean, it's, this is not normal times where you can't have heels win a lot of the times or. You have to go with the faces. It's not normal. Right, right. Um, I did see something, though, that apparently um, the Khan family, or more, more, more uh, Tony Khan, is trying to see if he can sell tickets to, if I'm not mistaken, it's double or nothing. And they're going to try and do it uh, in Jaguar Stadium in Jacksonville and make it to where you can buy two tickets and there's like six seats apart from each each of the set, two sets of seats right. um, just to be able to have an audience. And I think it's a, a, a good idea to try and run with and go off of. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see what what they can do and how they do it. Yeah, and they, they benefit from the con, the Tony especially because, you know, as we all know, the, the Jaguars owner is Shad Khan, which is his dad. Um, if they are able to do that, I think that's a great, I think that'd be a major step forward, especially if it turns out being really successful and no one gets sick from it. Nothing, there's, there's no overwhelming downside. You know what I mean? If so, everything goes smoothly and then that might be the, the, the standard for other sports organizations going forward. Um, I, you know it's going to happen, though. If that gets approved, then it's going to be a whole bunch of backlash because they're going to be the first entity AEW would be at that point to try and have live events with a crowd. Because as far as we know, right. WWE's not having one almost until through SummerSlam, it seems like. Um, right, right. NFL still right. in the air. And NBA, yeah. obviously, in the air. And so is MLB. So they would be truly the first. Baseball, what seems like, obviously they're trying to start um, July 4th, and right now it's no fans, but again, if AEW can pull this off, maybe they'll start letting some in. Um, obviously, there's talk about just having like fans seated in maybe the outfield sections, like kind of separated. Um, and then you, you really what you'd have to do for the players is you'd have to sit them in the first few rows. Uh, behind the dugout, maybe some in the dugout, uh, separated apart, just to be able to keep the social distance. Right. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Khan can get that approved, though, because, I mean, that would be news for almost every market. I mean, every news channel would probably have that if they somehow get that approved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's always well, blown and- up, too, when it's in Florida. Like, everyone likes to pick on the state of Florida because they right. want to get back to normal. Right. It's, it, it, if. If it works out really well, and Vince will see it, and he'll probably end up doing the same thing. Oh, no doubt. Working, working, just you know, getting a few seats here and there. Now, my hope is that he doesn't go overboard with it and be like, "Well, you can have four people and only one seat apart," because then that's not productive. I don't think. But I think he's smart enough to realize that 
he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah, I think he because I mean, it, it, there's rumored a rumored uh, schedule that was floating around there for a while. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like how there was pretty much no it was a taping schedule of some sort. How there is no live event for another month and a half from now. Um, yeah. And as we know, I mean, yeah. the SummerSlam's in jeopardy when it comes to being in Boston because of the because their mayor say there's nothing through like September, always almost to September 1st. Well, as we know, SummerSlam is like the last weekend of August. Um, right. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay as a performance center through, honestly, I'd probably stay the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, That's probably the best bet for them. I, I would say that. I mean, I hate to say it because I want them to be back in front of a live audience because, well, for one, we got tickets to a show. And, uh, right. And another is, you know, because I want to see some of a normal WWE wrestling or wrestling show, that matter of any brand, uh, yeah. in general. I want to see some normal feeling and normal en- energy that they often provide. But, yeah, I mean, think if you're the WWE, you got to think. You already lost WrestleMania, your biggest. Yeah. SummerSlam, yeah. your second biggest, is in jeopardy. And then you got one more big four, and that's Survivor Series. And... If you lose that, then you really don't have any more big events. I mean, Survivor Series is the last one before Thanksgiving, so then you have Extreme Rules, and quite frankly, I don't, it won't hurt. <laughs> you know, I think WWE fans are kind of iffy on that pay-per-view anyway. So oh, yeah. if it wouldn't be like the worst thing in the world if your first event back in front of a live audience, and I'm talking like packed house, full house, would be the Royal Rumble. And imagine the crowd if that's their first one, it's already a ruckus crowd anyway, but that being the first one in almost a year, that would be crazy. It would be. It really would be. Um, But again, it just depends on how long this goes. It could go longer than the Rumble. We might have to have the Rumble at the Performance Center. I don't want it to happen, but it very well could. It could, but that'd be interesting to see if they can pull that off. I mean, with the nature of the Rumble, I mean, if you can't have more than 10 people in a in an area in a restaurant or something and if they somehow force that in the WWE I mean I think by the time we get to the Rumble that that'll be lifted a little more right. we might be able to have 60 people um, I mean if not they could always go with the idea of um, World War 3 in WCW yeah. when they would have three rings filled with people and so you you can do 10 people in one, 10 people in another, 10 people in, in a third. Now, there wouldn't be surprise entrances. I mean, there could be, but it would be kind of spoiled because everyone starts at one time. Yeah. And I think in this, under, under the circumstances, this, this was to drag out until the Rumble. I think people would understand. I think they would. And, I mean, we just, at least there's something on content-wise on television. At least we can say, hey, we had to modify the Rumble, but we still had the Rumble. Um, right. Well, what, what they could do is if we're still in the situation, they could just do what they did this year and have Brock Lesnar in at number one and just <laughs> eliminate a bunch of people right off the bat. And just have, have them and, win. <laughs> uh, so, so you can keep below your 10 limit. Yeah, but I mean, after all the people that complained about that, um, I, don't, I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. I don't either. I don't either. But, Rachel, let's go ahead and move on um, to Money in the Bank. As we know, we had a pay-per-view last Sunday, and uh, 
I thought it was pretty oh, good. Two yeah, two days ago. Oh, I'm so used to recording on Sundays. <laughs> right. Um, but two right. days ago, and I thought it was a pretty good show. I thought, you know, it was quick, obviously, two and a half hours or something like that. Um, yeah, it was. It but really was. Good show, in my opinion. What did you think of it? Oh, it was a good show. Um, I didn't watch all of it. I started late. Um, I, I did. I missed maybe the first forty-five minutes to an hour. Um, but from there, the show was it was good. Yeah. Um, especially the the main event, the Money in the Bank match. Um, obviously, we'll talk about that here in a few. But it was overall, I'd give it. I'd probably give it an A minus. I would be close to that. I think a B plus for me. Um, I just think. The thing that kind of threw it down to a B plus for me was probably Bailey and Tamina. I didn't really like that match, uh, but it was a- yeah, I, that was one that was one match I missed because I think it was Mason Denner and it was over fairly quickly. Yeah, it was a very quick. I missed it. It was somewhat quick. I mean, it, it wasn't like they were in and out in two minutes. I mean, I think it was still right, a right. pretty decent size match. Um, right. But it was just, it was dominated by Tamina for a while, and then Bailey made a comeback, and she got a bit of control. I mean, I don't think it was a bad match, but it was just a match going in that I wasn't really excited for. Um, no. So that's probably why I gave it a B plus. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how Tamina really even got a title opportunity, but well, she won it. I mean, she won it on a SmackDown. She won a match for it. Yeah, but what has she done before that? Well, nothing. It's probably one of those things where, hey, she's back. You know, let's give it a fresh match, which I'm fine with a fresh match, but I agree with you. Like, even before she got injured, she wasn't even close to the championship picture. No. Honestly, I mean, really, anybody else they probably would have preferred over Tamina. I, I'm nothing in the same against boat. Tamina, but I don't. I'm not a fan. Well. Build her up a little more. Like, in my opinion, I mean, I understand. Like I said, I'm trying not to be cr- critical of everything, but she just came back. Literally, she just came back. Right, she just came back. Let her get some decent quality wins under her belt, like beating a one-on-one Lacey Evans or beating Sasha multiple times, beating these high-caliber opponents, and then have Bailey as, like, the pinnacle. Especially if right. you're, like, our set that like, she can be a champion, which... I thought she was. I kind of had a feeling Bailey would retain, but I wouldn't have been surprised if Tamina won the title Sunday night. But build her up if you're gonna build her as this dominant force, kind of like what they did with Nia Jax when she first came onto the main roster. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Again, it's just one match I didn't care for. Um, the r Truth and what was supposed to be MVP match I didn't really care for. Also, I thought MVP had retired. Yeah, but I think with everything going on, they kind of. I think he retired, but I think now he wants to be a part of it because now, as you, we'll talk about Monday night here in a few minutes, but it looks like him and Bobby Lashley are becoming a partnership. Um, a tag team, yeah. Yeah. Or a managerial role type. But. Type situation. Right, and we'll get to that in a minute because I have an opinion on that, but. Yeah, I do too. Um. But I I, I, w- I didn't mind that because it was kind of one of those matches where all right, you you're using the talent you you can have there. You know what I mean? Like because right. this wasn't pre this wasn't recorded. You know, recently I don't think I think it was, and it maybe it was all live. That match was live. I don't know. Um, 
But I've got no idea what at this point I've got no idea what's recorded and what's not. Which is good. I mean that's good producing by WWE at that point. Um but I like the R Truth comedic aspect. It's like, oh so no, like, oh, so why don't I get a night off? <laughs> right. But again, why is Bobby Lashley and MVP kinda said this Monday night and I thought this Sunday night was why is Bobby Lashley going against people like R Truth and hum, like and then Humberto? Like Yeah. He literally can be a world champion if made right. Like, he has the built for it. He has the background for it. Like, he is legitimate good. I mean, in real, like, in a, in a, in what they call a shoot fight, he would win. Right. Oh, yeah. No, and I think that's what they're going to try and do with uh, him and MVP. Uh, whether it's either the MVP's his manager now or a tag team partner, they're going to try and build him up properly. And they need to. Um, and they do. But I think what kind of set back Bobby Lashley is the Rusev storyline. I think that set him no, back did. more than helped. And no, it did. And the fact that they keep bringing Lana back with him, I don't, I'm not a fan. No. Like, it, I'm not a fan of Lana being his manager because now it's just kind of awkward. Like, yeah, like, because she hasn't been on ringside for ever, it seems like. She, she not before that feud. But then the income, then the, then they started that feud, and it was why, and now it's just kind of like, why is she still here? Right. I don't get it. Yeah. I really I, don't get it. And and really, Lana, like, she was a good match with Rusev. Obviously, in real life, they're married, but I thought they just had a good connection anyway. Even when, as a heel group, when Rusev was a heel, they just had that connection to where they were really good together. They meshed really well on screen. Yeah, they did. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with Lana. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope MVP I can turn it around for him. But, yeah, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, back to that. I mean, let's talk about Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. I mean, what did you think of that match? Obviously, that was the co-main event before the uh, climbing the corporate ladder match. Um, what did you think? It was it was a good match. Um Especially toward the end when uh, it's like, okay, Seth hit this big move, then McIntyre counters, okay, then Seth counters, yeah, then McIntyre counters, <laughs> and it was it, it was tedious, but it was entertaining. Right, it was good. Right. Um, and, and I, I tedious in this case, not a bad thing. Well. Um, but yeah, it was a good match overall. Um, I'd give it uh, like for an actual match, I'd probably give it match of the night. Obviously, um, but nothing's going to top that that uh, main event, the man, the money in the bank match. That nothing's going to top that. I mean, I think that has probably one of the best things WWE has done in five years, and that. Oh yeah, easily. And I love the Boneyard match. But this was a little different. This wasn't a cinematic match. This was no. kind of a match, but filmed all around and then put together, it seemed like. But right. it seemed like you were watching a action movie, but it wasn't an action right. movie. Um, right. I mean, when Brother Love came out of the shower. <laughs> Brother Love. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, and then Paul sitting there eating food and the food fight. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. So, what, what yeah. did you think of the McIntyre match? Um, 
I liked it. I mean, I I like the build up to it. Um, as you know, I mean, as we all know, Monday Night Messiah is kind of Seth Rollins' deal now. Um, he thought he needed to beat McIntyre to bring Monday Night, I mean, bring the title to him and kind of bring Monday Nights back to the greatness that he thought it was when he was champion. Um, but I like the fact that before the the match, you had McIntyre in an interview with Charlie, right? Um, in the backstage, and I like the fact that how she mentions like McIntyre beat Lesnar. But so did Seth Rollins. Like, you both know, like, okay, he beat Brock Lesnar a year ago. And I thought I liked that because it's like, yeah, it brings you back. It makes you think about that because, you know, we all know McIntyre is this badass right now because he just beat the beast Brock Lesnar. But wait, so did Seth Rollins. Maybe we forgot about that with everything going on. And what did you do? I had a chair. Of course you did. My bad. Of course you did. Um, But yeah, I, I think even the pre-match interview helped me get excited for that match which has been a long time since that has happened for me oh yeah yeah um but i liked it i thought it was a good match i mean a little tedious like you said but it was tedious in a good way for sure yeah yeah um yeah and the the ending was was really good because uh was it mcintyre McIntyre hit him with a headbutt. Yeah. Rollins hit him with a super kick. And then Claymore kick ended it. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's that back and forth is pretty good. Yeah. So again, yeah, for me, match the night. I, I, I give that match. I give it a solid A. Yeah, I give it an A too. And I'm I'm with you. I think it was the best match of the night. But let's talk about another match that kind of was very. Interesting, um, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, we actually got Bray Wyatt this time, not The Fiend, which was kind of refreshing. I don't know about what you think about yeah, that. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I mean, match-wise, like, I thought it was a good match. I mean, I think it told a story. It, it told a story. It, it, it told a better story, yes. And I, I don't know about you, but uh, I really like the fact that I think this match was genuinely better without a crowd. No, oh, yeah, I would agree because this this is one of those feuds that you kind of need to hear what they're talking about in the ring. Right, and I mean, right off the gate, right out of the gate, you know, Braun Strowman just kind of tossed around Bray Wyatt, and then all you hear is Bray Wyatt, man, he's strong. I mean, yeah, it because the whole story is you know Bray wants Braun back on his side, but. Braun's not the same guy he was, you know, almost three years ago, four years ago. I mean, it's been longer than that, probably. I'm not sure how long ago it was, but yeah, somewhere on there. Yeah, so... For me, though, if you don't remember Braun Strowman being with the Wyatt family, you know, as the black sheep, you're probably confused on why this is such a big deal, especially when it comes to the mask. Right. But... I mean, this is something that WWE is starting to do really well with when it comes to Bray Wyatt, is they're really bringing the past to the present. Um, as we saw with the Firefly Funhouse match, as we saw with Daniel Bryan, as we see now with Braun Strowman, I really enjoy that because it kind of rewards the the long-term viewer the the payoff. Yeah. It does. It really does. And, and I, like you, I, I appreciate that. Um 
the ending of that match really brought it full circle, uh, especially with uh, Braun putting on the mask and then beating up Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Making the match. And it kind of ropes you in. Because when you, when you when you put on the mask, you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then literally that that sequence probably went on for, what, two to three minutes? So you're like... Yeah. I mean, it went on long enough to where it had you thinking, man, is this how the match really ends? And is, is Braun with Bray? And then you have the puppets of Huskus and Rambling Rabbit, you know, saying he's home, he's yeah. home. And then it wasn't really a hometown reunion. It was psych... Screw your mask. I'm bot power slamming you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I give that match, I, I give it a B plus based on storytelling. Really. Yeah. Uh, not, not too much in ring physicality. Uh, obviously, with Braun Strowman, there's always physicality, but mainly storytelling was what brought that in for me. Yeah. I give it a B plus too. I mean, physicality was okay. Um, it was your typical Braun Strowman match, you know, the whole running around the ring, slamming him down, and yeah. And then it was your typical inside the ring, just bulldozer type of wrestling. Um, one part I did really enjoy when it came to physicality was Bray hitting Sister Abigail on Braun, and yeah. Braun kicking out, and then Bray kind of yeah. acting stunned. But I think that kind of helped the storytelling when it comes to those uh, two. No, it did, because now Bray has to dig deeper. If, if he's Bray Wyatt, he knows I'm going to have to dig a whole lot deeper. And that deeper is the Fiend, and that is certainly coming. So, yeah, it, I, I definitely think that'll be probably Backlash. Yeah. If, now, if not, maybe then SummerSlam, you know, give that feud a little bit of a break, have Bray come back and be like, is it, or te- I guess tease it towards SummerSlam and be like, He's just like have vignettes and say he's coming. Yeah. So you think, so who who are they going to bring up from NXT maybe, or who or who is this mysterious figure, and then just have it be the Fiend. Yeah, and I think I mean obviously we all know the Fiend's coming for Braun. I mean, oh, it's evident, yeah, right? Um, but this is probably one of those feuds where it can go without a match this month for Backlash, and pick back up, you know, at SummerSlam or whatever, and it'd still be even better because now you can kind of catch up the other audience that wasn't around for when Braun was in the Wyatt family. You can kind of catch them up a little bit more than they were, you know, just a couple days ago. Because now, I mean, they're probably interested, like, what... The mask is really the symbol here. The mask of the black sheep. And... Oh, yeah, it is. I think now they can... After he smashed that, now you can really kind of rev up things, saying, okay, this is the significance of that, why he did it, why is that so important, and then insert the Fiend to kind of bring him back to the Bray Wyatt side of things. The, the, a good thing I think WWE should do right, like right now with, with that feud uh, and being no fans is get a Bray Wyatt-type guy, like a uh, build-type and then so you can have Bray Wyatt as himself, and then have that other person as the Fiend. Like, get them all decked out in gear like Bray Wyatt would as the Fiend. Right. So you would have not only Bray Wyatt, but the Fiend in the ring against Braun Strowman at the same time, and be like, okay, what's really going on here? Yeah. 
I mean, they could even do that without another double, as you, I think, because, I mean, with the no, editing, you can do editing, do. sure. And but I, I feel like it would be cleaner to do one shot. I would with agree. somebody else. It would be cleaner, but I, I just don't see... I think it'd be easy to find out if that's really Bray or not, just by the way he moves. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, and, I understand that. And what makes, makes The Fiend so great is... Bray is really good at portraying dark characters. And I don't know if you can just have a double portray that character because, I mean, a lot of what The Fiend is... I'm talking about just for, like, a match. Right. Or, like, The Fiend attack Braun Strowman on a SmackDown or something. It's like him and Bray are confronting each other and The Fiend attacks. Yeah, but I think you risk the fans catching on with that. And it, it kind of diminishing a little bit of the value the fiend has. That's why I'm saying you do it once. Well, yeah, it would have to be once. And you, only, you do it once, and it has to be quick. It's oh. not going to be something that. Or, or what you could do is. Well, it's. I mean, they've done it before, obviously, but you have Bray Wyatt standing in the ring, confronting Braun. Lights go out, Bray's gone, Fiend's there, attacks Braun, and then you have the lights go out again, and the Fiend is gone, and Bray is back. Yeah. That wouldn't be too hard to do with editing, and I think that would be a, a pretty good idea, too. But, again, we'll just wait and see what they do with it. Yeah. Um, moving on to the last match that happened on Money in the Bank, um, it was actually the opening match of the night was the eight-man tag match with the New Day retaining over Miz and Morrison, Lucha House Party, and the Forgotten Sons. Um, very predictable. I thought, I knew right away New Day was retaining those titles. Um, That's one match I'm glad I didn't see, because I didn't care for it much. I didn't really care for it much either, but it was opening match. Um, it was a good match. I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed watching it, but it was just kind of, you knew going in, hey, Kofi and... Right. Big E are winning, um, which... I, there was a part of me that was kind of hoping the Forgotten Sons would win it, but I, it's too early, so I know they won't. Yeah, it's way too early for them, especially if you're not an NXT watcher, you just like to watch a main roster. You don't even probably know who half those people are. Well, even then, if you watch NXT, they, they're not on all that often. Right. The last match I actually remember them doing was... Um, it was a takeover, and they were in a tag team ladder match where when the Street Profits won the NXT championships, the tag team championships. That's, that's, yeah. that's the last time I remember the Forgotten Sons being on NXT. And that's been a while. I mean, a very long time ago, uh, considering... That was, that was uh, last year, roughly. Yeah. It's within last year because uh, I watched uh, the, riot, the new Ride Along. The new one has uh, Dawkins and, and Ford on it. And uh, and and they they talked about it like within the last year we were NXT tag team champions. Uh, we debuted on Raw. We we became Raw tag team champions, and they kind of just detailed it out. Right. So it was within the past year. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Um, but it was all right. I mean, I could have done without that match, but I understand why they had it. Um, but let's talk about the match that we've been dying to talk about for since we started the show almost a half hour ago. Um, the Money in the Bank climbing the corporate ladder match. 
I mean, they couldn't have. I mean, that that was top notch. It was. It was. It was. It was like like you said, one of the best things they put out in about five years. And maybe even more. I mean, that match was maybe so entertaining. I mean, there wasn't a dull moment in that match from the entrances. I mean, like. When they started playing the music for Lacey Evans, she's just standing there. You got to laugh out of that. It's like, okay, this is going to be goofy. But it was yeah. goofy, but it was in a great, goofy way that it was so entertaining. And it, I, I, I'm sure you saw the text, but you didn't respond to it. But Dana Brooke did her, she came, made her entrance, did her little flip. And after the flip, she normally flexes. And they cut the flex out completely. Yeah. Like, because you could see, like, when she was coming up from the flip, like, she went to flex. But then the next shot was she was standing back in line. Yeah. Where she was just standing there. It's like, this is fantastic. If yes. If this is going to be any indication of what's to come, this is going to be absolutely wonderful. And it was. And it, and it, I mean, literally, there wasn't a dull moment in that match. But there wasn't. But make that match so great, though, is. You had the you had the right talent. I think you know we oh, often yeah. criticize you know why is Dana Brooke in this match or why is Nia Jax or why is Rey Mysterio why is this? All those people in that match made that match what it was. I mean, you I would mean, the fact that Rey Mysterio has Rey Mysterio has encountered so much crap in the past forty eight hours. Uh, I mean he he was sandwiched between Nia and and Otis. He was choked out by Shayna Baszler. He was thrown off the roof. He had his eye jammed into a steel step on Monday yes. Night Raw. Rey Mysterio is lucky to be alive at this point, really. Right, but I think that stuff needed to happen for him when it comes oh, to right to making him that ultimate babyface again. Um, I love Rey Mysterio. I've always loved Rey Mysterio, but he's he, yep, he kind of be, he kind of became that character even before when the live crowds were around, was he didn't get much of a pop. He didn't get much of a reaction at all. No. To where now, I mean, if the, if the step thing is to occur during a live audience, you can hear the crowd having sympathy for him. Um, oh, yeah. So I think the last 48 hours were great for Rey Mysterio when it comes to being a ultimate babyface again um, from a fan perspective. Um, yeah. But, I mean... Dana Brooke thinking she won the match in the conference room. Um, God, that was fantastic too. And the, Steph- the terrible editing. Yeah, it was not good editing either. No, but honestly, like, you know, we were film. We were in school for film, so like, if you weren't in school for film, you probably understood. Like, didn't even notice that editing. Um, probably not. No. But for me, like, I didn't really think of it until you texted me. I was like, yeah, I didn't even think about it because. I was so caught up in the interaction of Stephanie and Dana. Right. And, right. and then, then you had the, the – the and one thing I loved about this match was I am so glad they had the random janitors around. You had Brother yep. Love, and ultimately you had Vince McMahon in his office. Because – Vince, Paul. I mean, if they weren't well, there, know. let's say you take those four out. Not only do you not get those interactions between those four characters, um, but you – it kind of makes it feel like, okay, this is just an empty building. Like, okay. But that gave you feel like, man, this is just happening during a normal work night, and they're just tearing down the place. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the, the part, another thing I liked about it a lot was that when when someone got hit with an object, they looked like they were dead. Yeah. 
because Naya got hit in the back with what did she get in the back with? It was the briefcase, the the, the fake money briefcase. Yep. And like she fell over and or wait, was that or was it a chair? What did she get hit with? Who Naya? Uh, Naya was a chair. Um, yeah. Dana Brooke Dana was Brooke the picture of Carmelo. But yeah, Naya got hit with that chair and she looked like she was dead. Yeah. So it's like, what is going on here? Like, I don't, I don't understand at all. I mean, the, uh, the throwback with AJ and Taker after he got locked in that room. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Really? I mean, that was... I think that kind of flew under the radar, but that was huge because, I mean, you had the taker, I mean, you had AJ just froze, like froze when he saw that picture of taker and then you had the gong and it was just, you know, the taker entrance and then that dark room. I think that added another element going forward, you know, and then, I, I mean, really, they just had everything in this match that you could think of and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw a video on Twitter and I shared it with you and and our buddy Pat. And I don't know if you've watched it yet, but it was it's just a little video with it was music added um, with Baron Corbin throwing the the weight through the glass or through the mirror, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, what did yeah. I just do? Like, how much is this going to cost me? Like that, he he's he looked genuinely concerned. Right, and I don't, I mean, obviously, we, he probably didn't have to pay for any of that damage, but just right. the reactions of the people made it believable, and it made it so entertaining. I mean, the only nitpick I saw was Dana, uh, who was it, Carmella smiling on the top of that powerbomb. Yeah, Carmella <laughs> got powerbombed to the, to the table, and she was smiling through, but, through it. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, Rayson, if I'm in the middle of that match, at that point, there were about, what, 40 minutes in the match? Maybe, no, it wasn't 40 minutes. Maybe like 20 no, minutes in the match? 15, 20. I'd be smiling. Man, I don't even know if it was that long. It, may, it yeah. might have been within the first 10 minutes. I'd be smiling, too, because I would have been having so much fun doing that. I mean, oh, yeah. you knew yeah. they were having a blast doing it. Oh, yeah. Especially during because that was during the, or like right after the food fight. Yeah, I mean, I'd be smiling, too. I knew Even if I knew I was oh, getting yeah. powerbombed, I'd be smiling. Because, one, you know you're making yeah. pure gold right then. And two, you're having the time of your life. I mean, when was the last time you saw a superstar have that much fun doing a match? It's been a while. Maybe the Firefly Funhouse match? Maybe. 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 But I mean, um, one of the, one of the best parts though was was just Otis's little qualms throughout the entire match, like just his noises and the, the little sayings that he would go with. And he honestly, in my opinion, he was the best part of that match. He was. I think between him and Oscar were definitely the best parts of the match. Um, I don't think that was my favorite moments of the match. I think my favorite moment of the match was when AJ and Daniel Bryan crashed through Vince's office. And then, no, that's definitely my favorite part of my match. But but not even like that part. The part when they closed the door after leaving his office, and he's like, "Man, yeah, you like this such a wuss." And he's like, "Well, you're the one that wanted the chairs." I'm like, "I did, you didn't I?" Put the chairs back. Yeah, I did, did I? <laughs> yeah. But Otis, and I texted you this right after he won the Money, money in the Bank, was they're making a star. I mean, they are legitimately making a star right now in Otis. Yeah. 
And that is something they have needed to do for so long is making their own star. And finally they're being in, which is when the best part about it is they're doing it in these circumstances where they don't even have a crowd reaction. It's just having a gut feeling and it's becoming gold. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I pulled up our text messages between each other um, throughout that entire match. So, I mean, we were talking about the entrances um, I said at one point, I want Shayna to take that towel that she has wrapped around her neck and just whip somebody with it, because I think that would be funny. Uh, cutting Dana's muscle flex, Corbin's breaking the mirror, brother love. Um, oh, we forgot the, the clown. That crown was creepy. I mean, the crown, the clown was creepy. I think that was Frank. Because I think it was too. It didn't look like Doink. It, it, it didn't. Um, but so then you got Dana Brooke taking the wrong case. Nia being killed by a chair. Um, Stephanie, Paul Heyman. I said <laughs> um, when Otis threw the food back at Paul Heyman, I said, well, when Otis is, uh, I said Otis is dead because when Brock Lesnar comes back, uh, Paul Heyman is going to have, have Brock kill Otis. Yeah. Um, Carmella got powerbombed. Oh, we forgot people power, too. I mean, there was just so much going on in that match. I mean, there's so many great things. Like, it, you can rewatch that match. Slipping through the, through, through the janitor's water. <laughs> that was pretty funny, too. Yeah. Um, you asked if Baron Corbin tried for the women's case, for the women's briefcase, and because he was telling Oscar no, like I don't understand what happened. Um, Baron killed Ray and Alistair Black, and then yeah, the, the ending was Otis had won, Oscar had won. Um, Elias came in and uh, hit Corbin in the back with a, a chair. Yeah. To help Otis win, really. I mean, who would have, who would have saw, hit the chair again. Who would have saw that coming? Otis winning. Because, honestly, I, I didn't. I didn't see it. I mean, I could have saw Asuka winning the women's. Like, I wasn't that shocked when it came yeah. to her. Um, But Otis, like, I was shocked. But like I told you, I'm not mad about it. Because they are doing what they need to do to make a star. I mean, the whole Mandy Rose storyline with Otis is rocket launched him and now he's seeing all the benefits from it so if you remember correctly i mean i don't know if you saw this or not but before before money the bank otis was doing an interview and he was asked what he would do with the briefcase if he wanted and he said he would go for a tag team title shot now it's been reported that he is going to be on ms tv friday night on smackdown to announce his intentions and so I know people are thinking maybe that's what he'll do. He'll he'll say, you know, Tucky and I are going to go for the the tag team titles at some point. Um, or there's there there's a possibility of he could end up with the Intercontinental Championship um, because with uh, Sami Zayn being off TV right now, because he doesn't want to get sick, he doesn't want right. to have any part of it. Really, the, the Intercontinental Championship's off TV. Yeah, but I mean, 
when you win the Money in the Bank briefcase, I mean, you, you don't... It's never been used for a tag team championship, and it's never been used for a mid-card. Um, right, and I, and I think that this would be... This is the best way to show that you can do it with anything. Yeah, but I think it's the worst possible time to do that. I mean... And I get that, but right now, both world championships are on TV, and they're both being used really well. Right, but, and here's the thing, though, I think we're looking at it too short-sighted. It's okay for them to hold the briefcase for 200 days. It's okay for them to hold it 300 oh, yeah. days. Um, they're... I agree with you that the world, both world titles right now are in great hands and are moving forward probably the best they have in the last two to three years. Um, right. But having that briefcase around always adds suspense. Right, and, and I get that. But let's, let's just be honest here. Do you really think Otis has it to be the face of the company? For sure. Even if it's just for a week. For sure. For sure. You think he has it? Yes. Because I, I think right now, if you list the top five most over characters, Otis is in the top five. Well, just because you're over doesn't mean that you can hold the company on your shoulders. I think he could. I think... I don't think he could. Nothing against the guy. I love him. But I don't, I don't think he has it. I think he, he has it. I mean, it depends what you mean by holding the company on your shoulders. I mean, Brock Lesnar was never on TV, and he didn't go to any media, and he still was world champion. I mean, Otis is a guy that's... That scenario is different, though. It is different because Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar. But what I'm saying is Otis can still be champion, have the title on television, and make it entertaining as a world champion. Um and yet, it might get stale, but right now, I mean, like I said, like I said, I think we're looking at it too short-sighted. Who's to say in the next 200 days while he has the briefcase, something doesn't change? Like, what if he becomes a better character as time goes on? Because let's face it, he's only been getting this push for the last month. Right. So, I mean, what if in the next 200 days, Otis's character is still over? Still entertaining, not stale, and things are progressing to where it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe he can win that title. Otis, to me, is one of these guys, outside of him being a tag team with uh, with Tucker, um, is just one of those once every, once every few weeks type of thing. Like he's not he, he's an R Truth character to me. Honestly, he's a goofy character. Um, and he doesn't have, again, he doesn't have the it factor like, like what Braun does and, and Seth and, and Roman and McIntyre. Well, he doesn't have that it factor. What do you mean now, by it factor? I mean, it, it depends what you're trying to describe the it factor is. He doesn't seem like he could be a true champion to me. Like, he doesn't seem like he, he would be, what's the word I'm looking for? Not... He doesn't seem like he'd be a believable world champion. I think me. so. I mean, I don't... Just because he doesn't have the physique like a Braun Strowman or a Seth Rollins, I and mean... I'm not saying it has anything to do with his physique. I, I'm just saying, like... Because he's not a serious character. He's, he's a goofball character. 
he's not like anything that you could really, in my opinion, run with. Mm-hmm. Because with with McIntyre, you can you can have good matches with McIntyre and, and Rollins and Reigns. I'm not saying he can't with Otis because we haven't seen too much. But I don't think he'd be able to carry himself properly um, in ring wise as, as a true champion, world champion at least. And you might be I right. Like I, he, he he is better suited in a tag team with with, with Tucker Knight. Well, yes. And I would probably agree with you right now on that, but yet again, it's like we still have plenty of time for him to cash in. Why not see if he can? I mean, you know, he, I, I, I I see where you're going. I, I do. I mean, right now, but he's but he's just one of those guys. I don't see it ever happening. And it might not because we know how this things typically work out. But when you have a guy that's that over with the crowd, who's definitely a fan favorite, he. Is has a char- a goofy character, but he has a character. He's yeah. been in a great storyline, and he's been able to hold his own in a storyline. And now he's a Money in the Bank winner. You just, I, I, to me, you don't just throw that away, especially when you have a star in the making. And I'm not saying a star like John Cena caliber or The Rock caliber, uh, obviously, but he is a star. I mean, this is a star right now in the terms of something that you look forward to seeing you look forward to watching him progress and like you said he was just he was the best guy in that that match Sunday night well look who else was in that match you had Aleister Black Rey Mysterio AJ Styles Daniel Bryan and Baron Corbin were the other five that's a pretty good list Otis was the best because of his qualms not because of his entering ability Okay, and yes, and, and he won that match. He he won the match because AJ Styles has butterfingers. Yes, but again, that adds to his the qualms of like you just say it. Say it. Guess what? And, he can use those in a regular match. It ain't gonna be serious matches all the time. I think right now in this day and age where we have no audience, we have no crowd. Obviously, I mean two two things. I don't know why I said it twice, but when you don't have the people in the seats. You need those comedic factors now more than ever. Yeah, I, but again, in, not in a world title setting. Because let's be honest, do you, he's gonna—he's not gonna hold that world championship for longer than a month. No, I mean I agree with you 100 percent on that. And that's why I say he needs to go after the tag team titles because him and. Him and Tucker are a fantastic tag team. In my opinion, they're one of the best on the roster right now, and and they're doing what they shouldn't be doing, and they're breaking up tag teams. So let me ask the tag you this: team needs to be as strong as possible right now during this time, especially with no fans, and because it's hard to come by at this point. And I agree with you, and that's a whole nother show. I mean, what they're doing with the tag team division. But let me ask you this, and then we'll move on to Monday Night Raw. Um, let's say with everything going on with, um, we're kind of diving into Monday Night Raw here a little bit. Um, with the Becky Lynch announcement with her being pregnant and having to step away, obviously, for to start her family. Right. Oscar won the Money in the Bank, therefore she won the Women's Championship. As Becky Lynch said, you didn't win the Money in the Bank, you won the Raw Women's Championship Sunday night. Right. So there is no women's money in the bank case this year, per se. No. There is none. 
so, so now you have one, and that's the men's briefcase. So now you want to use the only briefcase you have for the year, and you want to use it for a mid-card or a tag team championship. I don't think that's the way to go. I don't think you can have that. Because you, you only have one chance to have that surprise factor and you use it on that. Like, it, people won't care. People just won't. No, I think people will care. Honestly, I do. Um, I mean, unforeseen circumstances is why Oscar won. Um, right. Apparently, she didn't even know until after the match was over. Right. Because she, she, she went in thinking, okay, I'm going to win the, the Money in the Bank briefcase. And they, nobody was told until after the match about Becky's pregnancy because they they held it, they held their cards close to the vest and and they they didn't make the announcement until after Money in the Bank was over. Right, and I'm not saying that's a I'm I'm not trying to say like trying to make that a bad thing because obviously it's great news. I mean, us as WWE fans, we we're proud of Becky Lynch. We're excited for, her. but oh, yeah. but. What I'm saying is, you have one briefcase this year due to, un- to unforeseen circumstances, which is and, not. And, and, and that's. We're just going to wait until Friday night to figure out what's going on. Yeah, we're going to. Let's continue this conversation Friday night. Uh, we've been on, on this for a long time now. But let's go ahead and move on to Monday Night Raw. And obviously, the big news coming out of that was the Becky Lynch pregnancy. Um, you know, Asuka's champion, which I'm happy for her too because. She as she's deserved it for a while now. Um, she hit she hit a milestone. I don't know if you, you you've probably seen it, but she hit yeah. a milestone. She's the first woman to hold what is it? All three championships, tag team championships, win a win a Royal Rumble, and win Money in the Bank. Yes, yeah, she's the first one to win both Raw and Smack. Yes, Raw and SmackDown, NXT, Money NXT. in the Bank, and Royal Rumble. Yeah. And, and the women's tag team championships. Yeah. Um, and to that, I mean, I was kind of surprised, but the first thing that came to my mind when I saw that, it was a picture of when I saw it, was the, the fans that say WWE is ruining Asuka. Um, that's not ruining Asuka. She has literally just accomplished something that never been done before. Oh, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And and for me, it's like, you know, yes. And again, this goes back to the short side, and it's like we are stuck as fans, you know, and I'm throwing all of us in this, all fans, we tend to look at the short side of stuff rather than the full picture. The full picture just became clear. Asuka won those the tag team titles, and then now this for a reason. They wanted yeah. to make her one of the most, the most accomplished. I mean, not decorated, because that's going to be Charlotte Flair when it's all said and done. But the accomplishments right. that Asuka has done in such a short time on the main roster is incredible. Right. Right. Um, I'm, I'm happy for Asuka. Um, but I wish they would have gone about it different. Um, like going back to like what you said, because now they don't have a women's briefcase. So what they should have done was um, let Asuka win it and then run a tournament. Yeah. For the Raw for the women's championship. But I wonder if, and I don't know, I'm just, you know, kind of putting a thought out there. I wonder if Becky Lynch, obviously she knew she was pregnant before the Money in the Bank match. Um, I wonder if behind, I wonder if she wanted it to be this way. Because as you know, Asuka and her were having good feuds for the War Women's Championship. Um, 
they've been having a feud since the last Royal Rumble, it seems like. I mean, that was the All one right. person Becky Lynch couldn't beat. It was a good storyline for me. Was, um, yeah. I wonder if Becky Lynch wanted Asuka to be the next champion after she had to give it up. I don't know if that's on her or if that was on um, Vince and storyline. I mean, ultimately, it's going to come to Vince, as we know. But I wonder if right. Becky Lynch was able to put some input, like, hey, you know, this is what... I, I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was. Um, but, yeah, again, the... again, I'm happy for Oscar. I am. I yeah. just wish they would have gone about it differently. Yeah, I'm not going to shoot down that, because, I mean, I initially thought that as well. But then, it... just with the unforeseen circumstances, like, man, you really hate to crap on it, because... It is such a great time to be, you know, for Becky. I'm not crapping on it. I'm just saying, you know, it probably wasn't the best way to go about it. Right. I mean, it was a good way to to do it. I mean, she didn't know about it until Monday night. Um, Asuka didn't know that she had won the Women's Championship until Monday night. But, um, but yeah, again, I would have thought about it differently is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, one thing we did learn Monday night, that probably the only next notable thing um, that we can take away from Monday Night Raw last night was it seems like we're getting a Edge versus Randy Orton part two. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, do you like the idea? Do you think you know that match of Mania should have been one off? Edge should continue something else. Um, what do you think? I think it should have been one off. Um, I mean. Uh... That that match was fantastic. It was a great match. I think it should have been one off. I think that this is going to continue the feud. You know, Randy's going to win. Um, I, I think he'll win at Backlash, and then something else. They're just going to continue the storyline for as long as possible. I think one thing I thought immediately after they announced uh, announced the the tease of the rematch was they got to ask backwards, in my opinion. I mean. They should have had the regular wrestling match at Mania and then have the last man standing build up to SummerSlam. Right. Right. Um, because normally a last man standing match is the, the, the payoff. That's the last match. That's of the, the culmination of the feud, yeah. Yeah, so why are you going to have that? Yeah, I mean, that match was long, by the way. That was the, the longest match on the WrestleMania card by a lot. And then yeah. Edge won fair and square. And then now yeah. you're going to say, oh, no, well, the better wrestler didn't win. What What do you mean? I mean... I don't understand the logic behind that. And that's just me. Maybe I'm just being dumb, but I don't uh, understand. I, I, I'm, there, I'm there with you. I, I, um, yeah, I just, I'm not a fan of them continuing this feud. No. And maybe it's because, you know what, with everything going on with the COVID-19, maybe this is the only option they have, which, okay, I understand that part. But also, you knew going into Mania that this was a possibility. So, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, something else to talk about from last night. We talked. We touched on this earlier. Um, MVP and Bobby Lashley. I I I love it because I think it gets Lana out of the picture. I do too. I, I this and not even, not just because of that, but because it looks like they're going to actually build up Bobby Lashley correctly, and they're getting MVP involved. MVP was was a guy I was always a fan of. Me too. And and I was a fan of Lashley back back in the day too. Um and now that 
they're doing something productive with the two of them, uh, it, it, it's piqued my interest. Right. And I'm intrigued to see what goes on. Because this whole Lashley, since he's been back, since Bobby Lashley's been back, I haven't enjoyed any of it. I haven't either, but I think, and I'm going to kind of bring this up and let you comment with it. I think a part of the reason like a lot of fans haven't enjoyed this run is, one, I don't think he's been booked right. Um, I don't think they really built a character for Bobby Lashley. But also, I think that us as a fan base, as a wrestling fan base, we kind of, when we saw, when we found out that Bobby Lashley was signing with the WWE, the first thing we thought of was Lashley versus Lesnar. And yeah. when that didn't happen, I think we just kind of said, screw this, we don't care anymore. Right. And I think that kind of hindered the Lashley run right out of the gate. And I think... No, I'm sure it did. And that's not even Lashley's fault. I mean, really, none of it's his fault. No, um, I'll say how quick uh, it turned on a dime for me. Being intrigued is, I can't remember if I was just texting you or if I was texting our group chat with you, me, and Pat. Um, But I'm like, because MVP was talking with Lashley, and he's like, you know, you shouldn't be facing R-Truth and and, uh, Carrillo. You should be facing off against... Uh, McIntyre for the championship, and I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm texting you guys, it's like, please don't let this happen, I don't want to see it. And then now after his match, MVP comes out and helps him, helps Bobby Lashley, it's like, okay, now I'm interested. Yeah, I think now that you know and you have a, a storyline mouthpiece, per se, yeah. um, I think it's going to be nothing but good things when it comes out of this. Especially because when MVP, when he was making his main run in the WWE, he had it all. I mean, he had a good oh, character. Yeah. He was able to talk good on the mic. He was a great wrestler in the ring. And he was able to do great things what he was given in his run. So just to be able to have him spread that to Lashley is just going to be very interesting to see how Lashley grows even more as a wrestler. And I think that's what Lashley needed was a good, and I'm not, I'm not bashing Lana, but he needed a good manager. Well, Lana... Or tag team, at this, tag team partner at this point. Well, and, and this goes back to what I said earlier in the podcast, was I'm not bashing Lana either, but Lana and Rusev was the combination for Lana. Um, yep. Lana and Lashley made no sense. It's kind of like, oh, now we're married because i done with Rusev. It's like, Okay, but then after that storyline ended and Rusev ultimately got released, um, now what? Yeah. Like, what? what's keeping you two together? Um, but no, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Lana going forward as an individual and when it comes to her character. Um, right. A lot of interesting things, a lot of question marks leading coming out of last night's Raw. Time there, James. Uh, I don't care because we're talking about this last subject. Okay, go for it. Oh no, you bring it in. I don't know what we're talking about. As you oh, know, okay, I yeah, know. I remember. Okay, I don't so care if we're. We didn't, there's one thing we didn't touch on from one of and that's Seth Rollins and what's going on. Um, I think obviously he looked like a ghost. Um, he looked like he'd seen a ghost. Yep. I think what it is is, you know, he was so determined in wanting to beat Drew McIntyre, and when Drew McIntyre finally beat him, I think Seth was like, crap. I think it was more like, like a... What do I do now? Yeah, like kind of an in-shock feeling. And then yeah. he just snapped. Like, 
just lost it. Um, right, and, and well, and and I I don't know if you did you watch all of Raw last night? I did. Okay, so when he went back to the trainer's room to try and apologize, and then Alistair Black and Murphy ended up fighting. Um, it's like, okay, he he was just trying to blind Rey Mysterio, and now he's apologizing. Is well, it is it trying to be like a sorry? Apology, or is like he is he like like has he lost it? I think he's and lost he it. Actually, realize what he did. I think he's lost it, but also like I think one thing that was said perfectly on the commentary booth. I forget who said it was. They brought up the handshake with Drew McIntyre after that. Uh, right, and because that, that confused me then too. I think what it's it is. I think what it is is Seth wants to be one thing, but he's doing his actions differently. So right. he snapped and tried to blind Rey Mysterio, but also oh, I gotta prove I'm a locker room leader and this is what a locker room leader would do is apologize and make sure the fellow com- comrade is okay. Um, yeah. and I don't think that has it, but I, I just think... Maybe. I just think, I just think that's to base the storyline on. And I think that's... I mean, now, if, if he actually has snapped and he's gone insane now, obviously with the fact that he's gonna be a father and Losing to Drew McIntyre, everything hitting him all at once—it's like he has no idea what to do with himself. And he snapped, and and now he's—and I don't want to say it, but he's playing as if he's two different characters. He—it's—it almost seems like he's—he's he's bipolar now. And that might or be, multiple, or he has multiple personality disease. It—it kind of reminds me of Kind of reminds you of Randy Orton back in the day. Uh, yeah. I, I can see it, yeah. How he kind of flipped the switch, you know. This is that's when Randy Orton really started becoming the Viper. I mean, back when. Right. So I'm interested to see what this Seth Rollins character is because honestly, the the typical Monday Night Messiah character was kind of getting boring real quick for me. No, yeah, I I was a fan of it, and, and, and he was even yelling at, at Buddy Murphy before he, or I'm sorry, it's Murphy. He was yelling at Murphy before. Uh, he hurt Rey Mysterio. He's blinding Rey Mysterio. He's yelling at him just to stay back and get away. Right. So that that's another intriguing part. Yeah, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um. But, definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely can't wait till next week to see what transpires. But right. one thing I can't wait for is also the next chapter of the Undertaker Last Ride series. Um. As we know, Sunday night Sunday was the first day of Chapter One being released, and I have to say, wow. Yeah. It was it was really good. I mean, we all wanted to see what Undertaker really was like, Mark Calloway. We all wanted a little yeah. glimpse in that, and we're finally getting it, and it's better than whatever could even imagine it could have been. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, in my opinion, I think we're getting the only downside to, to this is I think we're getting too much Mark Calloway at one time because now he's doing podcasts, he's doing interviews on ESPN, and, and, and just in general, and now you have this documentary coming out. I think it's too much too soon. But that's if, if that's my only issue with it, then they're doing something right. I can and, see, and I think that this is perfect. I can see why you're thinking we're getting too much too soon, but I, I, I don't care. I think it's... I know you don't, because Taker's your favorite of all time. Taker's my favorite, but also it's like, you know, he's had that mystique for over 30 years. Like he's kept that mystique yes. for thirty years, and this is the first time he's ever doing it. And Chris Jericho in the in the documentary is like, 
Taker's never done any of that stuff. He's never had a documentary. He's never done a podcast, and all of a sudden the camera shows up. Like, I think I think you know we're now seeing what Undertaker's been going through, and now we're getting to see the man behind the the character Undertaker, and now we're just getting a whole nother appreciation for him as a human and as a character. And I mean, and there's so many stories you can tell with him. I mean, like like I said, 30 years in the WWE alone, like. He can go on 90 different podcasts for the next 90 days and not tell the same story, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah, easily. Easily. I mean... But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it definitely was... And I told you the part that I liked the most about it was after his match at WrestleMania, was it 30, against Lesnar when he was concussed? Yeah. It's like he, he left via ambulance, and then Lesnar and, and Vince were right behind him. Like, like, Brock Lesnar and Mr. Man are right behind you, and, and Taker's just like, don't you have a show to run? <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. I think, you know, for a lot of crap Vince has been getting lately because of everything going on with the releases and stuff, like, people really need to understand the significance of that. It's like, he right. left during WrestleMania 30, you know, in the middle of a show. That, well, now, would he, have, would he have done that for anybody else? Probably not. Not not like current main roster now, other than maybe Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, maybe Seth Rollins. He'd go visit them after, but he wouldn't leave WrestleMania right then and there. But because it was Taker, he, he, he did. Well, um, yeah, but well, when you have a guy that's, I mean, at that point, he's given over 20-something years of business, I mean, of his life to you to help your business. I mean, you kind of do that. I mean, but even Michelle McCool was kind of surprised. I mean, she kind of, when, when she was telling the story, you can kind of see like, Hey, first people out of the van was Brock and Vince. And I would have never thought that would have happened. Right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what the next few chapters are like. Um, obviously it's, for me, you know, the WrestleMania 33 match against Reigns, I mean, it holds a big spot in my part because obviously that was my first Mania, my first Taker Mania match I've seen in person. Um, yep. And I, I think even like the week I got back from Mania back when I was saw you in person, I even said, I was like, you can tell Taker wasn't on his A game, but oh, it was yeah. still a good match. Like, it, it's... Undertaker had put on a good show yeah. still. I mean, but... Well, and, and if, you, if you watch the preview for next week's episode, he, he he's watching that match and he's getting pissed about it because, right. because of the, the botches where he, Roman tried to reverse the, the tombstone and they couldn't do it. So it's just like, now it's that awkward few seconds of, all right, what do we do? And I will say this, when that botch happened in the stadium, you can tell, like, the whole crowd was heartbroken before Taker. Cause you knew, oh, I'm sure. Because you knew how bad he wanted to do that spot. And yep. literally, you, you felt that in the crowd. Just like a, I wouldn't say it was like a vacuum taking the energy out, but it was like, oh, man, that, that sucks. Because at the time, you know, we all thought that was his last match. Um, right. And it was like, man... He's going to look at that and look, be disgusted like the previews, like you just mentioned, showed. Um, but 
one thing. I'm sure that would have been his last match had he not botched it. Had it not been botched. If that would have been, especially especially because of the ending, him leaving his gear in the ring. I'm sure that would have been it. Yeah, and but he's Taker. He can't live with that. So he's going to keep going until he feels it's right. And I don't blame him. He deserves that. Um, and he does. But my question is, is how long is he going to do it for? And will he ever get to where he's satisfied with it? I think, I think yes. I think he will get to a point. I mean, satisfied is a harsh word because as an athlete, you're never satisfied. But right, I, 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 he, but he's 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 okay with being done. I will say if. And I told you this before. I think if WrestleMania 36 was in Tampa and not the Performance Center, that would have been his last match. As, as my it gu- been. That's my gut feeling. It um, yeah. I just, for me, it's I'm just glad to see. I think it's finally good to see, like, for all of us. Because you hear people complaining about Taker and that he's not Taker anymore. And I always I call bullshit on that. It's Undertaker. Oh, you still appreciate the Undertaker, but yeah. the people that say well, he's not what he used to be or he can't do the things he used to, well, look at this documentary. Look at what he's doing to be able to just perform one match for you. Be grateful. Right. Be grateful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, a, a bad Undertaker match. It's not hard to not be an a hole because this. How old is he? Fifty, sixty, some year old dude. He's in the mid fifties. He wants to keep putting his body on the line for your entertainment, and you just want to complain about it. It makes right. absolutely no sense. I get why you want to complain about someone like Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns because they're younger and they can still better themselves. Right. There's no bettering Taker because he's not going to get better in any case at all. And he he understands that based on what I gather in the documentary. He. But his yeah. focus is make sure he can put on the best show he's his body's able to do, right. and and like he said in the in the car scene, you know he knows he's slowed down, but he still wants yep. to put on a good show. And quite frankly, a bad Undertaker match in twenty twenty is still better than a person in their primes match in twenty twenty. I mean, some of the mid card talent. I say to a certain extent, sure. I mean, obviously Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre. I mean, come on. But right. Undertaker still puts on good matches, no matter what standard you put him on. Right. But uh, except for that Goldberg match, but, but we don't talk about that. But Goldberg was concussed, but in the first minute. And then so was Taker. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but I'm wondering if they're gonna bring that up though. I really do. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll talk about it. But I am really curious to see what he has to say about that match in specific. Yeah. But I will I will say this though, and is if you have a person you know that is like don't understand why you like wrestling and why you don't like when you connect to a character so much, like you, you saw in the the final scenes of that chapter one, like people in the audience crying and stuff. Like if you show that random scene to a person or the or just replay WrestleMania thirty three, the last five minutes of that show. I understand why people are so emotional during that time. Well, show them this documentary and just let them understand who The Undertaker is. Because, quite right. frankly, The Undertaker is the only guy that's been consistently there. I mean, recently he was there before we were born. So we, literally, so 
we literally grew. He's the only guy on that roster that that's been there since we were babies to now as adults. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He, he really is. So I mean, when people are shedding tears, because think about it, a part of their lives that they are so attached to and something they were so accustomed to seeing is at that time they thought was gone. It was done. Right. Right. So I mean, it. I was one of them. I was one of those teary people. But no, I know you were. I know you were. But I mean, people don't understand is this. I mean, not. I mean, just say what I just said. But also the feelings in that stadium in person. I mean, it was a. It was night. It was about midnight when that happened. Yep. And just a vibe in the arena, like it was just so somber. I mean, it really. It was like you could hear oh, a yeah, pin I drop. I mean, I, I wish I can put a time machine on and take you back to that moment. You, Pat, and Eddie. Pat was there, but Eddie, too. I mean, just to yeah. feel it because you guys would be like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eddie and I watched it together, and we, you know, we had that feeling of, you know, is this really going to be it? Is this the last we see of the Undertaker? And I'm sure everyone did watching around the world, not yeah. not just live in person, but I think everyone but, did until John Cena a year later started calling him out, and the rest is history. But yeah, I'm very excited about the next few chapters. Yeah, I am too. I am too. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up, Raceland, um, with a tradition here we have on Wrestling News Central, and it's our final thoughts of the show. Um, I'll let uh, you... I forgot about final thoughts. <laughs> Dang on it. Um, All right. Go ahead. You want me to go first? Go for it. Yeah, so mine's going to be kind of goofy, but not goofy. Um, Congratulations to Becky Lynch. I think, I mean, we can't say that enough. We're very proud of her as wrestling fans. I think all wrestling yep. fans, whether you like her as a wrestler or not, you're appreciative of what she's done in the ring, and you just are excited for her and Seth Rollins. Um, But one thing that does bring is, okay, one of the top female wrestlers is gone for a while, over a year. Um, so, my final thought is, who's going to step up? Is it going to be Asuka? Is it going to be someone we're not anticipating to step up? Who's going to step up to try to fill that void for right now until Becky comes back? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my final thought is... Um... We didn't touch on this, but they announced it on Raw, is that now they're doing crossovers again. So almost kind of like a wild card rule. Um, obviously, next week we're on Raw, we're going to see Corbin versus McIntyre. I think it's going to be a great match. Um, my question is, is, are they going to really do much with it? Or are they just doing this to kind of keep things fresh? I know I'm not... I think it'll probably it'll probably keep things fresh, but I would like to see something come of all of this happen. Yeah, I know I'm not supposed to comment on final thoughts, but I'm breaking your, the rule anyway. No, you, you can comment, you just can't argue. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's the second one. I think it's the keep things fresh. I mean, in the time right now, you have to do everything you can to keep things new. But... Unlike the wild card rule, at least we understand vividly what this is, and they're upfront about it. Right, right, and they're not. Hopefully, they don't change the rule every other week. <laughs> yeah, well, three stars are going to be all five stars. <laughs> well, okay, so one, 
one team counts as one superstar. So you get three of the New Day, and then two of the War Raiders, the Viking Raiders, and then you've got two Street Profits. Okay, well, that's what? Oh, God, if I can math real quick, five, six, seven people for three slots? Yeah. I was, makes absolutely no sense. None at all, dude. And I'm interested, like you, to see what they do with it, but... Man, it feels so good to be back doing this podcast and just talking wrestling. I it mean, does. It's, it really does. I mean, if it feels like it's been forever, but with all the circumstances, we're still doing some trial and error things to keep get back to where we left off but back in March. It's hard to believe it's already been three months. I mean, two months. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's felt good wrestling. I hope you had as much fun as I did doing this because. I did. I did. I'm looking forward to keep doing it with you. Uh, you want to announce the new schedule for us? Yeah, so with coming back, Rachel and I decided to, uh, since we've discovered that, hey, video chat might actually work, um, <laughs> to be able to do more content. Because before, you know, Rachel, we lived over an hour apart. Um, yep. So we were only able, realistically, to do one show a week. But with yep. this, we can now do almost three, three to four shows if we wanted to. I mean, we're going to stick with three, but it gives us more of a flexibility to get more content out there. Um, yep. So right now the schedule we're going to be trying out to see if it's successful is, so obviously we're recording on a Tuesday right now. So Tuesday nights will be kind of a raw recap or pay-per-view recap. Um, then Thursday we're going to talk NXT and AEW, which I'm excited for because it, it will force me to focus on AEW a lot more than I have been. Right. Right. And then the weekend, whether it be Saturday or Sunday, that will depend on the pay-per-view schedule. Um, but it will, it will definitely be one of those two days, Saturday or Sunday. And really, Rachel, that's a wild card day. I mean, it can just be a weekend review. It can be, hey, let's talk about well, a paper. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about SmackDown, right. obviously. But... Right. I mean, we'll talk about SmackDown, but most part, it'll be just whatever. I mean, it could be SmackDown, then an old pay-per-view. It can be a SmackDown or just a new set. I mean, it can be anything. We'll, which We'll have to, well, again, trial and error. Trial we'll and error. Right. Right. I mean, that's what it's all about right now. Um, but thank you for joining us back again. Hopefully you still enjoy us even after the two-month hiatus, and hopefully we can continue to better our craft. Um, I'm James, and that was Raceland as always, and see you next time on Wrestling News Central. <laughs>